0: Hello listeners, welcome back to the Founders Club podcast. In this episode, my guest is Sam Rathling, social selling strategist, LinkedIn expert. Sam is one of the most sought-after consultants in Europe on prospecting and building sales pipeline through LinkedIn on a mission to generate 1 billion in sales for her clients by 2025. Moreover, Sam, as a speaker and author, had a chance on educating thousands of individuals and business owners, but also sales professionals on the power of LinkedIn for lead generation via speaking events and via her well-known book, LinkedIn Bound. In her current role as a founder and chief visionary officer, Sam helps companies to maximize LinkedIn to get tangible business results. She has helped clients so far to generate over 93.7 million enclosed businesses from LinkedIn in the last 18 months. So please, do enjoy this episode and subscribe to the Founders Cloud Podcast, but also, if you have some time, write a short review, which really helps. Thank you. Before we dive deep in our interview, just a small announcement now you can become a patreon of this podcast and as a member you will receive exclusive content community access behind the scene updates and the pride of fueling the work that matters to you so go in the link on the show notes and make your small donation and become a patron of the founders club podcast thank you Sam, welcome to the Founders Club podcast.
1: Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: I was looking forward to have you uh, on the podcast since one of my friends mentioned uh, your book that uh, it's about LinkedIn. And, but obviously, uh, maybe our listeners, my listeners don't know yet who you are. So I want to start from uh, your journey on LinkedIn. And I did some research, and my research came that you start uh, your journey on LinkedIn as a recruiting consultant. And That's right. Can you talk more about that?
1: Sure. Um, I was living in the Netherlands at the time when I found um, LinkedIn, and I was working for a recruitment company. And I went to a networking event, and I heard about this new thing called LinkedIn. So that was back in 2003. So I was quite an early adopter of LinkedIn. Um been on the platform since pretty much since its inception, initially as a recruiter. And then in 2005, I moved to Ireland and started my own business at age 28. Um, And I realized that I could use LinkedIn for both finding candidates, but also as a lead generation tool and as something to help me build my sales pipeline. So it's about 15 years, I think, of actually using it for business development and 17 years since I've actually been a member on the platform.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. As uh, I kind of like ended up being a really active and engaged user of LinkedIn, and this realization that LinkedIn could be a powerful tool to generate leads for your company, and uh, it came not was not a sudden realization. It was a rolling realization that I realized on the field by doing and watching other experts. Uh, doing it and obviously uh now there are a lot of people who can help you out with that and i want to go back and ask you what is the problem that you are focusing and thus the product or the company that you created why is that important for you
1: well i'm on a big mission to generate a billion pounds that's a billion with a b for my customers so for me it's about really helping people to see the power of linkedin and that it can actually turn into real tangible sales results. So typically, um, large corporations, big companies will come to me usually frustrated by the fact that they've invested quite heavily in in tools like Sales Navigator, um, which is the premium, premium version of LinkedIn. And they've invested a lot of money in giving these tools to their sales guys, yet their teams are still not generating enough business and don't really understand how to turn LinkedIn into a prospecting tool and a tool that can really transform their sales guys not not to be seen as salespeople but almost to become brand ambassadors and trusted personal brands in their own right even though they are out there representing a large organization and then you've got the other side of things which is the marketing teams who are trying to build the brand and build the company page um, for that business and that neither of them really kind of are aligned so i try and bring both the sales and marketing ecosystem together and help them to both build their brand awareness but also to prospect professionally in a way that actually gets decision makers to want to talk to them.
0: Yeah it's like many companies who have a consolidated marketing team haven't yet figured out the LinkedIn and in your job do you think this is a recurrent pattern or how do you see this because I've spoke without so many marketing managers and they haven't yet understood the potential of LinkedIn as a machine to generate leads
1: yeah i mean it's quite it's very common to i mean lots of people i think realize it is the b2b platform it is the place to go they they know that linkedin is the place they need to be building their brand um just as the sales guys do as well but very few people know how to truly make it turn into that um you know, that almost like an, an ongoing machine where you're getting both inbound leads from people coming to you. I mean, we generate, You, I mean, I've already had three inbound leads this morning and I've sent them onto my sales team. Um, but usually about five inbound leads a day on average come into our business just from LinkedIn. Um, and I think if you really truly understand how to position your company as the go-to expert for what you do, whether that be an individual or the whole whole business people start coming towards you because they get to know, like, and trust you. And if you're showing up on the newsfeed regularly, if you're not selling and you're, you're positioning yourself as someone that can help, then, you know, it can become a place where you get those inbound leads. And then if you also know how to prospect and outreach effectively, you can then start sales conversations in other people's LinkedIn inboxes in the right way and Unfortunately, a lot of people don't get how to do that. And they end up spamming and sales pitching everybody and anybody that will listen, um, which is not the way to turn LinkedIn into real business. Um, But yeah, I think it's very common that there's just a real lack of education and knowledge about how to turn LinkedIn into what can be a phenomenal sales marketing tool.
0: Yeah. Would you consider someone contacting you to do an interview podcast as an inbound lead, as I just did? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I consider an inbound lead. I mean, it's great that I get opportunities like this to, you know, to share my knowledge. And,
0: right. Um, <laughs> just a joke, the side note.
1: <laughs> but, you know, you never know who's listening. I mean, on a serious note, I did a exactly. podcast about five weeks ago and I had a meeting with a, a CEO in the US who runs a tech business. He's got 90 staff and he walked into his boardroom and he said, Oh my goodness, Sam Rattling, you're in my ear. Every time I go to the gym, I listen to everything you do. I listen to every podcast and like, you never know who's listening and he's now a client. So you just never know who's listening to one of these. So although I wouldn't consider it necessarily a lead, like it is an opportunity to, you know, to represent myself and share my knowledge with the world. So I appreciate every one of those requests. But for me, an inbound lead is where you've got a Somebody who's in your target market, who's coming towards you saying I want to talk to you based on what I've seen of your profile, based on what I've seen of you on the newsfeed. Um, and if that's not happening for you, if you're listening to this right now, then you're not doing LinkedIn the right way.
0: <laughs> right, and I think like, uh, as you mentioned, being on top of the mind of somebody it's so important. And, and thus, this involves a lot of giving, creating value in terms of content. Uh, But going back a little bit to what you do and your company, Mm -hmm. I want to start with another question. And what I wanted to ask is you identified your your mission, which is create $1 billion for your clients. That's a bold mission, I have to say.
1: One billion pounds. That's probably the same thing at the moment based on current exchange rates. But yeah, we'll go with a billion pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And... I wanted to ask how do you
0: communicate this such bold mission to your team so that they can buy in and support you
1: Uh, i mean it's it's the fundamental reason we exist as a business so it's on our mission statement it's part of our vision um you know everything that we do is directly impacting that overriding goal so my plan is to get there by 2025 we're currently tracking at just under hundred million. So we're coming up for 95 million in uh, business generated for our clients. I'm sure there's a lot more out there from people that have read the book and people that have listened to stuff I've done, but from, from real tangible results from either people that we've trained or people that we've done LinkedIn for, cause that's the other part of my business is an outsourced agency where companies can um, hand over their prospecting to our team um, and we do that for them. So whether we're training people or whether we're doing it for them, we know exactly how much business we're generating and those clients are getting from LinkedIn. So it's a very powerful mission because everybody wants to be a part of my billion pound goal when I'm training them or whether we're doing it for them. Um, A lot of people only want a very small piece of that billion, but that's my overriding reason for existing. And I think the team, every single member of the team from the minute they're interviewed to the minute that they're onboarded And when they're working with our customers, they all understand that that is the overriding reason that we exist as a business. Yeah,
0: and uh, that makes a lot of sense. And also, just to quote uh, an interesting book I was reading recently called From Good to Great, uh, Jim Collins, and a quote that kind of like uh, stood up and uh, resonated with. Uh, You need to get the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus, and the right people in the right seats. Yeah. Uh, have you came up with a strategy when it comes to hiring and firing? Also, given your background as a recruitment consultant, <laughs> well, you know that just... given
1: my thirteen years in recruitment, that I could get the people part right. I didn't in the beginning. Um, we took on a couple of people that uh, in the beginning, but I I think it's important to um hire slow and fire fast. So um, you know, for me, it's about and this is where I think people get recruitment wrong. Um, for me, it's about hiring people that have got the right attributes, the right belief system, the right values and the right um, kind of attitude and, and, and habits. I can train somebody, the skills I can train somebody that doesn't have experience, but you can't train attitude and and behavior. Like that's a fundamental part of who somebody is. So all of my team, the guys that work with our customers and actually run the campaigns for our clients not one of them has ever worked with LinkedIn before before we hired them so they don't come in with a big marketing background they don't come in having spent you know years on the LinkedIn platform I train them exactly how we do things but it's more important to me that they're really smart they've got cognitive ability that they've got the right attitude that they fit with our culture because everything else can be trained so I'm I'm very My team and my culture in my business is really important. Um, So yes, we like to have fun. We work hard, play hard, um, and we have a really amazing team at the moment. And that's only going to get bigger over the course of the next 12, 24 months.
0: Have you come uh, with a specific process when vetting people? uh, We
1: actually, we had a role, uh, we're hiring at the moment and we've taken on two people in the last two months. um, And... We had 1400, 1,400 applications for one position, so we, um, when people apply, we ask them screening questions, but we get them to do a video as well to introduce themselves, and we ask them six things that they've had to overcome or challenges that they've faced um, in that video, and it's a 60-second video, so a lot of people don't do the video, obviously, so that wipes them out of the process, but you can tell a lot from someone just from a 60-second application video, so Um, you get some really interesting, um, interesting ones through. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's just about understanding who you want, why you want them, and then seeing if they're a fit. Um, So we're very fortunate to have amazing people. And I think that's down to not just the recruiting, but the onboarding process. So the first 16 weeks that they're with us, we have a complete plan Every single day is mapped out. My new sales manager is on week 10, I think of her 16 week plan, but every single day she's got goals. Every single day she's got things that she's doing. Uh, we've mapped out all of those 16 weeks. So we know exactly how to set her up for success. And I think that's the problem with when most people hire, they don't set their people up for success. They kind of hit, they think that they can hit the ground running. And for me, it's about giving them everything they need knowledge wise and Then it's about mentoring them and supporting them in what they need but allowing them to learn what they need to learn so they can be successful in their role.
0: Right also I assume that most of the recruiting that you do it's uh, on on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is not only is a platform to generate uh, sales engage in the conversa- sales conversation and do prospecting, but also it's a good platform for hiring uh, the right candidates. And yeah. you can, as a company, leverage uh, that presence of people to maybe talk about your brand and why should someone join uh, your company. So yeah. maybe I want to dig a little bit more on, on, on this and why LinkedIn and why not, Twitter, or Facebook, or simply a email marketing for someone who is in sales now, or who is listening, and he's in a uh, CEO, founder role. What is there that sets LinkedIn apart from all these other platforms, or all these other marketing uh, strategies that they can deploy, such as email?
1: yeah i think there's a lot of choices out there for sure and um, from a marketing perspective um i think linkedin has a lot of um a lot of advantages over some of those other platforms um i think the the ability to be able to directly get in front of key decision makers in your target market to be able to find them connect with them and directly message them i mean that's very powerful if you know how to do it in the right way um i think The ability, you know, that if each person in your business, if you're a CEO and you have a team of people, um, and every single one of them understands the power of LinkedIn and the power of social selling, you can literally have an army of people out there creating visibility and credibility for your business. Um, The challenge, though, is that a lot of people don't really understand LinkedIn, and they're worried that if their salespeople are on LinkedIn, that they're not doing what they should be doing, and they're just messing about on social media. if they do it very intentionally and they know and they're fully trained on what they should be doing, you know, in just, a you know, maybe 15 to 30 minutes a day, those salespeople could be generating targeted leads and sales conversations with key decision makers in their ideal client target market. And I think a lot of CEOs, founders that I come across are quite scared of LinkedIn, not some of them do it really well, and they're brilliant thought leaders, and they they leverage LinkedIn very well for their own brand, their own personal brand, but also they like name
0: name, make some names. Oh, there's so many.
1: <laughs> I did an article actually the other day, um, not the other day; it was about a year ago, called "Why Are CEOs So Scared of LinkedIn?" So, if you want to go check out that article, I've actually listed about I think fifteen or twenty examples of um, people that have got a really strong following um and leverage LinkedIn really well. So that's probably a good article to read if you're a little bit skeptical um, and you're a CEO, go check out that article because that that's specifically adre- uh, to address that issue. Um, I just think, you know, LinkedIn is a is such a powerful platform for building network, building relationships, and um, really positioning your brand as the go-to business to be working with. Um, and I think if you have got a team out there, and you have an organization that especially for scale ups or tech businesses, that are growing really rapidly. If you can enhance and leverage the power of social selling, like it's an absolute game changer and your competition won't see you coming either. Um, And most of your competitors don't get how to use LinkedIn. So from a competitive advantage perspective, I think it's an amazing platform. Um, I chose LinkedIn just because it's my happy place. I love LinkedIn. I've used it all of my all of my business career as an entrepreneur to generate business and i i've seen the difference it makes to you know companies i got a recommendation last week from a client that we've been doing her linkedin campaigns for about probably about 18 months now and she said you helped me to double my annual revenues last year um, yes. and that's like when you get that kind of you know that, that difference that you can make to a somebody's business. She was struggling, she wasn't, she didn't know where her next customer was coming from. She tried all those other marketing things you'd said. She tried SEO, she tried funnel, she tried this, she tried that, and she just didn't know how to unlock it. And then to get that kind of feedback, knowing that we've had that impact on her business, like that's for me why I do what I do.
0: Yeah, I mentioned uh, some CEOs, founders, uh, what comes to play is uh, fear and obviously you will link the article in the show notes uh can you just uh, highlight three or four uh, reasons or fears that such individuals have uh that which stop them on engaging on linkedin
1: yeah i think um one of the first things would be they're worried that um if their people get more visible on linkedin that they worry that they might get recruited because obviously there's a lot of recruiters on linkedin so the first thing is it When I I always say, like, if you look after your people, then they aren't going to be looking anyway. But also a lot of their profiles are set up in the wrong way and like online CVs. Therefore, they're opening the door to people coming to recruit them. So that's one reason why I think people are a bit scared of their people going on to something like LinkedIn. Secondly, they're worried about what they're going to post. And they have these really strict social media guidelines and policies that, put the fear into every employee about ever posting anything on LinkedIn. So they create these um, social media guidelines that mean the people that that, that work for them that could be amazing ambassadors for their business are too scared to to create their own content because they're worried about stepping over the line or getting it wrong or saying something that they shouldn't say. And I think that's, again, I think that's crazy too. Um, Obviously you have guidelines, but if you don't let your salespeople Be brand ambassadors for you and and be on the newsfeed, then you're missing a huge opportunity. But I think they have some fear around what are my people going to say, and they don't feel like they have control over that. So I think there there comes some fear from that side of things. Um, I think fear as well that um, that it means putting themselves out there. If they are going to become a thought leader, um, they're probably a subject matter expert in their own right because they they've built a business around their skill or their knowledge or their expertise, but becoming a real true thought leader where somebody, where you're really influencing what happens in your industry or putting out opinions, that means putting your own brand out there. And a lot of them are scared to be on video. They don't understand content. They don't understand how the platform works and why they should even bother investing time in the platform. So I'd say there are a few things there that um, are usually the things that come up.
0: How much of these fears are 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 a bias, or how much of them are artificial? Like, is it really that someone who's going to put content and going to get recruited because he put a lot of content uh, for his company or for his his brand? Or
1: I think if someone's gonna go, they're gonna go. Um, I think that them putting them getting more visible on the newsfeed can only be a good thing. I mean trained, um, I've trained a a big corporate sales team all over Europe for one of my clients. And one of their sales guys has, has built his own personal brand so strongly that he's being interviewed by industry magazines, because he's positioned himself as somebody out there that's not just a sales rep working for a big corporate, but actually has really he's putting his own opinions and his own thoughts and his own Um, views of his world into the newsfeed. And that's been picked up by an industry analyst. He's been published in a magazine. That brand would never have been selected for that interview if it weren't for that salesperson. So I think allowing your salespeople to become their own personal brands and allowing your marketing people to really become true storytellers who are able and educated on the kind of content that works on a platform like LinkedIn can be so powerful for an organization. So I think a lot of it is very artificial fear. I think it's just a true lack of understanding of just exactly what this platform can do. And I think the companies, especially right now, I mean, obviously we're recording this in the midst of COVID and salespeople are having to sell in a completely different way right now. They can no longer be in people's offices. They can't be field sales. They can can't be taking people out to lunch and going to industry events and going to trade shows they have to sell in a different way and they have to get in front of their, their target market in a completely different way and anyone who's not leveraging linkedin at the moment is missing a trick
0: yeah the dynamics of selling totally changed that uh human uh, element kind of like missing and we have to do the best of what we can with the tools that uh, we have And either you use those tools and you may win or you don't and you struggle. Um, Okay, so imagine I am my CEO. Let's do this.
1: uh, You are a
0: CEO. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, indeed I am, (laughs) founder or executive. Where where do I start um, LinkedIn? What's the first uh, steps that I have to, to do or to take?
1: So I would say the first thing that you need to understand is your social selling index, which many people don't know exists, but it is a score for out of a hundred points that every single person on LinkedIn has. So the first thing I always get people to do is check where they're at right now. So um, if you, if you can pop this in the show notes, it would be great, but it's linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI stands for social selling index or just Google social selling index. Um, that score scores you from four different areas on LinkedIn. And these are the four things that I get people focused on. So the first thing is called establishing your professional brand. And that comes from two areas. One is your LinkedIn profile. So if you're listening to this, take a look at your LinkedIn profile and think, would I become a customer of our business today based on what I look like on LinkedIn? This is a great question to ask a CEO. So and then do the same with your sales team and do the same with your marketing team, because usually there's a complete inconsistency across all the profiles, across what they look like and what they're saying. And ask the question, if I was a prospective customer, would I buy from you today? And um, So that's a really good kind of litmus test to kind of see where you're at at the moment. So first step is always get your profile sorted, make sure it looks the part and that it doesn't read like an online CV, and that it really does truly represent what you want to say to your potential customers. Um, the, the second part of establishing your professional brand is the content side of things. So, unfortunately, many people just reshare what their company page is putting out and shares on LinkedIn don't get any visibility whatsoever. So if all you're doing is resharing whatever the company page is putting out there, then you can forget getting any level of engagement or views on your posts. You need to be an original content creator. And the stats I think are staggering. There are 675 million people on LinkedIn who have a profile yet only 3.5 million of them actually produce content consistently so and there's nine billion impressions a week of content on linkedin so three and a half million people are sharing all those impressions and most people are what i call linkedin lurkers so they're on linkedin but they're in the background so if you're currently a linkedin lurker like come out of the shadows and start getting visible and start you know putting your content out there so that's the, the linkedin profile and content will kind of help with establishing your brand so if you want to become a thought leader as a ceo or a founder then that's the first thing to look at. What do I look like on my profile? And what am I really putting out there into the newsfeed? The second part of um, that is the finding the right people. So this is about building your network with the types of people that either will influence buying decisions or actually are potentially direct customers for you. So whether you're selling through channel or whether you're selling direct um, to end customers um, you need to put those people in your network so that they see. There's a higher chance they're going to see you and interact with you. So if you're not currently prospecting or growing your network, I, I find a lot of CEOs actually have a quite a small network on LinkedIn, um, but yet they know thousands of people in the real world. So start just by adding people in you actually know, um, and then look at who do I need to add into my network. Especially for salespeople, they need to be prospecting on a daily basis filling the sales pipeline every day, even if they just reached out to 10 people a day in the right way to build their network, that will constantly build pipeline. Um, the few other things there, then you've got things like engagement. So are you actually interacting with the newsfeed, liking, commenting, sharing, being part of the conversation, just doing that can get you high visibility. And finally, then it's about building trusted relationships. So those four areas, establishing your brand, finding the right people, engaging with insights, and building trusted relationships. If you're doing all four of those, your social selling score should be kind of in the high 70s, 80s. That's really where you need to be. So if you want to get business from LinkedIn, your SSI score should be a focus, and it should be in the the 80s for you to start actually getting business. So go check out your score, see where you're at, and then you might start to understand where you need to improve in order to move you from where you are to actually getting real business from LinkedIn.
0: So the benchmark is 80%. Yeah.
1: For a say, if you're in a sales role, I'd say 80 plus is kind of where you need to be. It's kind of hard to get higher than that. If you don't have sales navigator, because a lot of the weighting on some of the high other points are based on obviously LinkedIn uses this as a tool to get people to buy their paid products. So if you're on the free version of LinkedIn, 75 is, is, is achievable. 80 plus, you'd really need to have Sales Navigator in order to make that happen. But if you're in Sales, 80 plus, if you want to be seen as a thought leader um, and really put your own personal brand out there as a CEO or a founder, then again, 80 plus should be where you need to be.
0: How legit is uh, Sales Navigator as a tool to supplement uh, my, let's say if I'm a salesperson? supplement my efforts on LinkedIn. How, how useful is that? Um,
1: I always describe sales navigators like the formula one of sales. It's really, really phenomenal as a tool. If you properly understand how to use it, the challenge is that a lot of companies buy it and give it to their teams and just expect them to know how to drive their new car. And it doesn't work like that. So I think it's a phenomenal tool. Um, I've recently given it to my new sales manager, Leanne, and she's like, I can't believe I never had this before. It's amazing. Um, so there are a lot of differences between the free version and the and sales navigator. Um, I mean, just the the different levels of ability to filter and search for your target market. You know, if you're... What type of target market do you have, Giorgio?
0: EdTech. Education technology. Ed tech. Yes. Yeah. I focus so, on uh, language schools. So that yeah. target- market that people will try to reach to are usually managing directors, VP of education of language schools.
1: Yeah, so in that example, you would be able to then create lists and save them in Sales Navigator so that you could be very intentional with your time. So let's say you went into Sales Navigator, you, I could help you, or you could do it yourself obviously, um, build a list of say 300 people that fit that exact description, in the exact location and exact industry with the exact job title that you want and then every day you can pop in there and and send an invitation to say 10 20 or 30 of those people each day but if you're using the free version there's no way to save lists there's no way to build lists there's no way to filter by things like the size of the education body or things like that so there's a lot more um there's a, a load to sales navigator in fact On my online academy, I'm just about to record six different modules on how to use Sales Navigator. Um, And it's very intricate. And once you do understand how to use it, like it's a phenomenal tool. But the problem is, again, that most people have it, that do have it, don't properly understand how to use it or how to use things like Boolean search or advanced search techniques to get their target market. So I love it and I really heavily promote it, but only if you've been trained on how to use it.
0: Right, So you need proper training to, to, to yeah, do Yeah. Not
1: just the videos that LinkedIn gives you when you log in. They're like 30 seconds long each. <laughs> right.
0: um, yeah. Um, okay, okay. So going back to content creation, because obviously sales navigator, it's a way to reach to those people. Um, but you obviously have to do social selling. So maybe there's two questions I want to ask at once. So can you explain more the concept of social selling and how do you create a LinkedIn content marketing strategy that works and where should you start from?
1: Wow, that's a lot of questions. I normally spend like a day teaching that. Um, (laughs) What is social selling? Social selling is the art of selling without selling. This is about creating content that isn't all about buy my stuff. Here's my features and benefits. Um, you know, click on the website for more details. It's none of that. It's about using content in a really smart way to position you as the go-to brand or the go-to expert without ever like truly selling or putting any call to action in there. So I teach 20 different content themes as in ideas for types of posts that you could do. And there are 12 different types of LinkedIn like posts. Everything from a text-only post to a document post to LinkedIn Live. There's 12 different ways that you can put content out there. And there are 20 different themes. So as a combination, that's a lot of different types of posts you could put into the newsfeed. So I think um, if you're not posting right now, start. Um, Posting something is is better than posting nothing at all. But I mean, there's a, this this thing out there that's the content is king and content is king and you need to put content out there. But my view on the world is slightly different. And I say that connection is queen. So there's no point in putting great content out there if it doesn't speak to your target market. You have to really understand who it is that you're targeting and who you want that content to resonate with before you ever start on a content marketing strategy. So it's critical that you have a crystal clear idea of who is my ideal customer. Like I asked you and you could reel it off straight away. And I'm sure most CEOs and founders could say, yeah, this is who I want to, to get to. So first off your profile needs to speak to that target market and really address the pain points of your customers. Then your, um, your outreach, when you, when you reach out to those people needs to hit the mark with those people. And then when you put content out there, it really needs to speak to the exact target market that you're aiming at. So I think it's about just before you even start with a strategy of content or putting content out there, you really have to know who it is you want it to hit the mark with. Um, So having that user persona
0: in mind, it's key, at least as a first step.
1: Yeah, exactly. I use an acronym called IDEAL. So the ideal client. So the I stands for what industry are you targeting? What industry sectors are you targeting? The D is the demographic. So what size are they? How many staff do they have? What kind of revenue do they have? How long have they been established? It's getting a picture in your mind of the, of the, the company that you're targeting. The E stands for experience. So who in the company what roles and responsibilities do you want to target? Is it the the boardroom, the C-suite? Is it the operations team, finance, HR? Who do you actually want to speak to inside those ideal clients? The A is the attribute. So things like we were talking about earlier, the culture of that business. Are they fast-paced, scale-up tech businesses, or are they traditional, set in their ways at FTSE 100 or you know Fortune 500 companies? What is it that's the the kind of their values and their ambitions and their culture. And then finally, the location. So you're in Italy, I'm in England. Where do you want them? Do you want international? Do you want them all over the world? Or do you want them 50 mile radius of your house? So you've got to think about all of those factors in that ideal client in order for you to start getting a picture of your your ideal customer. And then when you put your content out there, it's got to speak to those people. Um, and I think that's where people get content wrong. They try and target everyone and anyone and they therefore focus on no one. So I think that's critical when it comes to content. And then it's about understanding that the the algorithm on LinkedIn is completely different to that of Facebook and that of Twitter and that of Instagram. So it's not just about putting one post out on all the platforms and hoping that you know they will stick because there's little intricacies with LinkedIn that, for example, um, if you put a post into the newsfeed with a link in it, so if you were to publish this podcast, for example, and, and you had the YouTube link to the to watch it on YouTube, if you posted that as a link on LinkedIn, then you're taking the reader away from LinkedIn. Therefore, the algorithm will say, "Well, I'm not going to put many eyeballs on your post." So, just knowing things like that, you you shouldn't be driving people to your website or to your blog from from a LinkedIn post because. The algorithm is just gonna say, no thanks, you're taking people away from LinkedIn. So it's just knowing little things like that that'll help with increasing visibility and views on your posts.
0: Yeah, the small tactics like that are useful. And yeah. coupled with all, all of them together, it, it makes a game changer. Yes. And going back to, to content, um, and doing social selling, and not putting too many call to actions. If you create content, should it be, uh, should you talk about, independently what kind of content, it could be video, audio, a picture or some text. Uh, should it be you talking about your industry? Should it be you talking about the problem that you try to solve? Or should, what is it? it or is it a mix of those, uh, those kind of elements?
1: I think it really depends on your role. So if you're a CEO founder or or trying to be a thought leader, I think that there's, there's different ways that you would put content out there than if you were a salesperson, for example, um, representing a brand. So I think there's, I'm going to give you the ones that I feel are the ones that generate the most leads because there are 20 different themes, but there are probably five that really kind of drive that inbound um, lead gen. And I, uh, the first one of those is educational. So if you think about um, the type of content you could put out there, you know everything there is to know about your industry, about the, your target market. So using posts that are educational, that drive value that show that you are helpful, giving advice, tips, etc., can be really useful. And it doesn't matter what format, could be a video, could be a document post, could be a LinkedIn Live. It doesn't matter what it is as long as you're being educational in some way and not selling. So that's one tip.
0: Currently, I see see a lot of white papers and PDFs and documents that industry documents related that people share a lot.
1: Yeah. Document posts perform quite well if they're quite high level, like not lots of details. So, Document posts and text only posts tend to get the most views even though most people think that videos and, and photos will get the most views. So text only and document posts right now, anyway, as we record this, it changes all the time, are the uh, are the are um, currently the ones that will get the most visibility. So if you're not sure what a document post is, again, check out my LinkedIn profile. There's, a, there's actually a post there in the form of a document post that talks about the different types of posts on LinkedIn. Um, So I think, yeah, educational can be a really, really good one, especially if you are in an industry where that would be useful. So think what does my target market need to know, want to know, I need help with and post content that's going to help them. Um, Next one would be documentary. So kind of sharing your journey. So if you're building a business and you're a CEO or a founder, like sharing your journey, like just letting people behind the scenes and pulling back the curtains on what you're doing personally, but what the business is doing could be really good as well. Um, there are other ones like, um, like dialogue posts. They're great. Um, so this is where you're almost creating a conversation or a script between two people who would be in your target market. So in your case, imagine a conversation between, um, you know, the managing director or the CEO of a, of a learning institution or language school talking about a problem that they've got that you solve and actually script out a conversation. And somebody that's in your target market might read it and go, wow. Like it's as if he's a fly on the wall. How does he know that's the conversation we're having? So I just, just, had, a similar, thing
0: like I just had a similar conversation with a managing director of a school and we had some such dialogue and you just gave me a good idea of a LinkedIn thank So Thank you. <laughs>
1: there you go. So that that's a type of post on its own that again, you're, somebody in your target market will read it and go, wow, like we've got that problem. Like we should talk to this guy. So there's lots of different um, types of themes. Um, We probably don't have time to do all of them, but I I post regularly about all this stuff on my own LinkedIn. So just follow me on LinkedIn if you want more. (laughs) Right. Or get the book.
0: (laughs) Exactly. What is the impact that you want to have uh, as a founder?
1: Interesting question. Um, I think I want to have an impact in a, a few different areas, but number one, for me, it's about creating an amazing place for my team to come and work. And I want to have a really big impact on the people that come into my organization and be able to give them the opportunities to grow with the business. So that's the first thing as a founder, I think I have a responsibility to a create jobs and B to empower those people to grow and progress through our um, organization. Um, Obviously, you know, my impact for my clients, that's the billion pound goal. I think that's a fairly big impact statement. Ultimately, you know, if I can help corporations and, Large businesses, small businesses, to actually create business from the LinkedIn platform, the ripple effect of that is massive um, and I want to share the message with the world as much as possible that it LinkedIn is a great place to do business and to stamp out some of the really bad things that I see out there that are you know that really don't work on the platform and um, I think the impact I'm already having even in a short amount of time, I think i've got a long way to go, but I think if I can help organizations to really truly embrace social selling, build their sales pipeline and put millions and millions of pounds in their, in their bank. That's for me, the impact I want to have.
0: That's a bold impact as the mission as well. So thank, thank you for sharing uh, this with us. Sam was a really great, great pleasure to have you on the Founders Club podcast. Thank you for having me.